Hi, this is Carrie Mitchum. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond with your host, Stephen Brittingham. Enjoy the show. Hello, this is Anna East Eden. Have a question or comment for Stephen? You can send them anytime to the show's official email address, hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com. Stephen looks forward to hearing from you soon. You can receive all the latest episodes of Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham delivered to your favorite listening device by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever happens to be your favorite podcast listening service. Don't miss out. Tune in. Thank you for listening. And now your host, actor and writer, Stephen Brittingham. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast, friends and listeners. Always appreciated to have you listening. Thank you so much. I am your host, actor and writer, Stephen Brittingham. My special guest today is a lady who left her mark on daytime television. Or perhaps the more fun words to use would be soap operas. First on One Life to Live that would soon be followed by appearing on Another World as Maggie Corey. Robin Griggs Wiley is here today to share more than her acting stories and memories. She is here first and foremost to share her battle with a stage four cancer diagnosis. She is displaying impressive strength She is a true fighter if I've ever seen one. It is my pleasure to have her on the the show today. Robin, welcome to Hollywood and Beyond. Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being here. It's uh, a pleasure and an honor to be speaking with you today. Well, it's nice to speak to you, too. And you have a wonderful voice. I love your voice. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, you know how to make someone's day brighten up, but thank you so much. Oh, there you- <laughs> I'm just honest. <laughs> well, I like your kind of honesty. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> well, that is very kind of you to say. Thank you so much. I've been looking forward to speaking with you. Um, I, I have been aware of your career for a long time. And uh, I'm very excited to learn more about your career. But let me just say up front, you know, I wish it was under different circumstances. And um, but I really appreciate that you would be willing to be here today to, to, to share your your journal and, and, and your battle with cancer with me and, and the listeners. So thank you, Robin, so much. But I thought before we begin is that I'd say, hey, I'm here in Cincinnati, Ohio, my hometown, and I believe you're joining me from Arizona. Yes, from Flagstaff, Arizona. Flagstaff, Arizona. It is Arizona. beautiful here. Yes, it is gorgeous. Um, it's it's. How do I explain it? Um, when my husband said about going to Arizona, I, I was thinking like Tucson, you know, that type of weather where it's like really, really, really hot. Um, Flagstaff is a part of Arizona that has seasons and pine trees. It's, it's like the Poconos. So um, when we arrived here, it was a lot of snow. 
<laughs> we're, we're kind of in a skiing area too. So it was a lot of snow, but wow. it melts so quickly. <laughs> and, um, and now we're getting into the weather that I really like, which is kind of like the seventies. Um, oh, very nice. And yes, very nice. You know, cause too hot for me is just too hot. You know, too <laughs> hot is like the nineties and I can deal with it, but I'm so fair skinned and everything that it's kind of hard for me to stay out. And I, I'm not good with heat like that. So, but this is a, I, I love it here. It's beautiful. Well, what a nice description. I will share something with you, Robin. I have my own experience with Flagstaff. Really? Years ago, as a as a young man, I was driving across the country to Los Angeles to start the pursuit of uh, my acting career or to expand it. Let's put it that way. And I was driving through Flagstaff and due to a snow situation, I had to spend the night when I didn't expect to. <laughs> and that was like oh. such a big surprise for me that I had to like pull over, go to a hotel way before I thought I would have to because it was snowing so much. Oh yeah. It's they, they get <laughs> snow, they get pounded with snow. And I, I found that as like, put it this way, the movers were coming in and we had to really watch because it was, I mean, every time something was shoveled, it would snow over. So it was, yeah, <laughs> it was a rude awakening. It wasn't Tucson, that's for sure. <laughs> well, the next day I was in sunny LA, so I guess that's not too bad, is it? No, we're, it's <laughs> close. I have a sister that's in California, and what's nice is she's close. I'm standing her husband, Greg, they live in Beaumont and they, um, they're actually coming to visit me soon. So that'll be good. <laughs> hey, that's <laughs> they get wonderful. To, they get to hang out. Yeah. My husband will be able to take them out on the golf course and it'll be nice. And, um, so, it, you know, I do love the weather, but I also love that I'm close to, you know, California, if I wanted to do acting or something. And then sure. I'm also close to Vegas because I oh, love whoa. Vegas. Every, there you go. Yeah. And we have relatives there too. So, you know, I've never been to Vegas, Robin. Really? But I've oh, always wanted to go. I love Vegas. I love Vegas. And actually, Vegas, um, my husband and I got married there um, in a relative's backyard grandma jones backyard um and uh my sister-in-law's out there and so uh julie and it was it was just really nice and beautiful but i will tell you it was hot the day we got married it was 115 whoa and i was that is a bit i'm steamy. like you know what <laughs> yeah i'm like you know what? I, I nearly got married in a bikini in the pool because <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, let's get this over with. I do. I do. And there, there you go. <laughs> and then we're going to go to the pool for the reception because I'm just way too hot here. <laughs> yes. And one of the best shows I've ever seen in my entire life, I saw in Vegas. And that was Michael Jackson's one wow. um, that the Cirque, Cirque du Soleil did. And it was I, I mean, I've seen Broadway shows and stuff. This was the most amazing thing that I have ever seen. I mean, it was, wow. it, it, they even had, it was snowing. 
on the audience. I mean, it was oh amazing. My goodness. I know. And then you forget about how much, how, what a talented man and how much music, yes. like they didn't even touch on a lot of the hits. I mean, it was, it's amazing the hits that he had. So it, it was wonderful, but yeah, I love Vegas. I like being close there. Well, you know, Robin, we're similar in age, but to be fair, I am a few years older than you. So, hey, let's get that out of the way. But um, (laughs) (laughs) so you are you are a bit younger than me and and that's good. But um, you know what? So like you would understand when I say I grew up in the 80s, I got to experience that that decade that still, you know, so firmly in my heart. And, you know, you brought back memories of going into, there were stores called Gold Circle when I was growing up uh, in the suburbs of Dayton, is in Kettering, and inside the stores would be these racks of Michael Jackson, the, the jackets that he used to wear on the Thriller album and, oh, and for yes, Beat It. And I can, I can picture them. They were in red and black. Um, and, yes. uh Wow, you brought back that memory. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, Michael Jackson, I mean, I just I love I love early Michael Jackson too. I mean, mm. the talent and and just I I love the 80s though. Yes. I mean, I yes. you know, in if I'm in the car or something, I will put on an 80s station just because I mean, it's it's what I grew up with and it's just the music was so good. Well, Robin, do you have satellite radio by chance? Um, what I use is, let's see, it's Sirius XM. Perfect. Then you know all about the 80s channel. Yes, I have. Oh, <laughs> let me tell you, it's programmed in. I have the 80s. Uh, yes. um, that and I have, I think it's called The Wave because it okay. has alternative. Because I like nice. all different types of music. Me too. So... For me, having like satellite radio is perfect because oh. I can switch it to a Broadway station or I can yes. do whatever, you know. Or if I want some 90s, because I do like some 90s, I go to the 90s. I do too. <laughs> yeah. It makes it nice. It separates. <laughs> yes. And isn't it surreal, Robin, that, um, you know, you and I were there for MTV and, and the boom of music videos and how that impacted you know, albums, but you know, isn't it surreal to hear the original MTV VJs hosting on, yes. on the eighties yes. channel? I, I love it. Yes. Um, I, it was funny. I was listening the other day and it was Alan Hunter's Yes, <laughs> and I was just, and you know what, when you listen to these people, because we grew up watching them, you don't realize they aged at all. You're, you're yeah, thinking I, of them I know. on MTV. You yes. know, it's kind of like, oh, you know, Debbie Gibson, and um, she does a show on there and of her favorite songs and everything. And, um, you know, I, I knew Debbie, you know, I, I've met her a few times. And so oh, wow. it was really interesting for me because I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, she's talking about, and and they're talking about their experiences and everything. I think it's so interesting. I love it. And I saw Debbie Gibson in concert as a teenager. So I believe- There you go. Yeah, she's our age too. And I uh, I was actually only a few rows back and she leaned over 
and I touched her a total of four times. And I remember saying for days, <laughs> I touched Debbie Gibson four times. And um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yes, I I, huh, I remember. I actually went around saying that. And um, but it was a great concert. Very very talented lady. I, I really like her voice. Very appealing. Yes, and she writes. You know, yes, I, I think for yes. me, um, an artist can be a great performer. But I'm not into, you know, so many of these shows now, everything is electronic and distorted and changed in the engineering process. And then the people, you know, I want to see them perform live and I want to hear them sing live. And it's like Mm -hmm. a lot of the 80s artists, they had to sing live. I mean, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't like country artists will sing live, but so many of the tracks now, and I love the music now too, I I do, but so many is, you can't really get the idea of if the person actually can sing or not, (laughs) (laughs) Well, Robin, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying speaking with you so much already. And, um, well, thank you. <laughs> I never thought we would be covering these topics to begin with. I never I know, even, well, you never know, <laughs> you never know with me. Let me tell you, I, I just kind of these days, it's just kind of memories come back and you just go with it. <laughs> well, you're welcome to share anything. And I will, I will share one more thing about Vegas. I assume you've seen the uh, vacation movies. With Chevy Chase. Oh, of course. So you know of the one course. where he goes to Vegas. So uh, that's yeah. one of my favorites. And uh, whenever I have friends that go to Vegas, I always say, hey, just don't do what Chevy Chase did in Vegas vacation and you'll be okay. And they always get a big oh, kick yes. out of that. Because he pretty much spent everything he had. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it was, I mean, it, that all those movies are good. They sure I mean, there, there we go. We're going back to 80s and 90s movies and phenomenal classics. And isn't it nice to see someone like Wayne Newton who can just have fun with himself? <laughs> yes. No, seriously. It, it's like, nice, and, isn't it? It's nice and refreshing. You know, it's kind of like you think of Vegas, you think I when first thing I think of with Vegas for some reason is Elvis. And then yes. Wayne Newton. I mean, that, Wayne and Newton, now it's yes. Celine Dion, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I can still I can still picture that scene where he's hitting on, you know, Clark's wife, and he has this plate of spaghetti, and he's like, yes. here's a recipe that Dean Martin gave me himself. <laughs> and I'm just like, this guy can have fun with himself. It's just really refreshing. And Perfect, you know. yes. Well, Robin, I'll tell you what. I, uh, you have... Um, you know, a situation that you're dealing with. And the more I learn about it, the more inspired I become with your, your fighting spirit. And, and I thought you of all people are the best person to describe your situation. But I thought I would start off by asking you, you know, how did this all come about? I mean, and were you a person that would go to the doctor on a regular basis beforehand? Okay. Well, first of all, no, I was not going and getting checked up and I cannot stress to people how uh, enough, how important that is. Um, 
I wasn't going and getting checkups. You know, I think in my mind, it was like, well, you know, I feel okay. I'm fine. But I wasn't feeling okay. You know, I, I started having a problem going to the bathroom. Like, I mean, it was like, if I, excuse me, but if I had to urinate, it was trickling. It wasn't, you know, and I was, my stomach was starting to swell up and I thought it was from my period. And here I had, um, a mass covering my cervix. Um, and then my stomach, which I thought was fluid and stuff turned out to be masses on my stomach. And what I was diagnosed with was stage four endocervical adeno. Um, so it's, it wasn't fun, you know, and then, you know, I went in and went to the gynecologist because I thought something was wrong. They told me I had a a very large mass. I needed a specialist. I went to a specialist. They had me do a CT scan. And, you know, I drove myself to have the CT scan and thought, you know, this is nothing. They'll just, it's a little lump. Probably they'll just remove it. And, um, no, they're like, we need to get you admitted to the hospital because the masses on my stomach were squeezing my organs. Mm. So I ended up in the hospital and was diagnosed about three days later and being told, number one, you have cancer. That's scary enough, but I'm tough. And I'm like, you know what? at least we're catching it early type of thing. And no, that wasn't the case. It was, you know, we're not sure exactly when this started and stage four. And the first thing that comes to your mind, to my mind was I just broke down in tears, you know, from being strong and giggly and everything to just breaking down in tears. You not only realize okay, there's something wrong with me that's very, very serious. And what is my life expectancy? But it's also, how am I going to afford this? I mean, I hate to say it, but cancer is a huge financial industry, you know? And it's to go through just the emotional strain as well as the physical strain. And you honestly feel like you have an alien inside of you and why can't they just go in and cut it out? And with me, they, they couldn't do that. You know, um, it's not, I know breast cancer, they usually will, will take, you know, and do surgery sometimes first and then do the chemo with this. You have to go through chemo and see if you can have surgery. Um, so I went through six cycles, yeah, six cycles of chemotherapy, and um, my there's a level that is your tumor marker that when they do the blood test, that's called the CA125. Normal range is zero to 30, and I was at 1,150. So it was unheard Whoa. of. And yeah, it was really bad. And um, after... My second cycle of chemo, I went to went down to 990, and then the third cycle, I went to 192, and then, you know, by the sixth cycle, I was at 36, and 
nothing spreading. So thank the Lord. And um, so what they what they said was, you know, we have to have a, a PET scan, a CT scan, and we'll see if it's possible to do surgery. And it turned out it was possible to do surgery. And December 22nd, I had you know, everything taken out of me, everything but the kitchen sink. <laughs> you got to keep that. I should say, and the kitchen sink. <laughs> um, but it was, um, they even took out my appendix when they went in. They they found that it didn't look right. And it turned out that that did have cancer too. So, um, and then I went through two more cycles after surgery of chemotherapy and now I'm getting treatment every 21 days of a drug called Avastin, just kind of a cancer wonder drug and uh, but very 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 expensive out of all the treatments I've had it is you know it would be the one medicine that I have to continue is the most expensive medicine of all time just your luck (laughs) the most expensive my luck the most expensive you know and but you know I've been fortunate with, you know, I was very open and honest with the fact of what I was dealing with and my diagnosis. And I, you know, have such a strong family. Um, Mark and I are, my husband, Mark and I are very blessed. Uh, Both sides of our family are just, we have very large families, but they're all very supportive, very strong. And um, fundraisers were started and you know, things get tight and everything, but still my, they all go to the medical bills and I, it it relieves a lot of stress. So I'm very fortunate with that. And, um, with the fans, you know, contributing and not only that, but the prayers, I mean, foremost is the prayers. I think prayers work a ton and I can't thank anyone more you know, or enough for all the prayers, because every time, you know, I'd say I need prayers, there was a whole slew of people there for me. So I I thank you all. But yeah, I'm I'm here now in Arizona getting treatment. And I had a, a treatment not too long ago, and it was a little rough on me. Um, but I, you know, I don't know if that's because of the treatment so much as it was, it was my second dose of COVID too, that I had the oh, vaccine. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that could have done, it. you know, I, yeah. So I don't know what, you know, but, uh, you know, I, you definitely feel exhausted, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I'm, I get tired, but I have a lot of energy still and a lot of life in me. And so I, I'm not done yet. <laughs> well, I have to agree with you well, on all of that. That's basically it. Yeah. So that's basically what, what I gave you the whole rundown basically. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I was spot on when I said you are the person that can describe it the best. And, and, um, and <laughs> well, you sure did. It, I, I'll tell you, it, I had a team of doctors that believed and that's huge they didn't just say we're gonna do this and be done with it it was no we're gonna try this we're gonna try that um dr yamada dr roy um and an amazing man dr rosado um he was my oncologist and just kept kept 
going at it. And any questions I had, any fears I had, I could go to him and it was, you know, it didn't matter when, you know, I could text him, I could call whatever. And that's huge. You know, you, you need anyone going through this or anyone who knows that's going through this. It's so important to have a good team, not as, you know, I mean, it's wonderful to have the support and friends, family, you know, your pets. I mean, yes. <laughs> there, there are yes. things, you know, and, and so it's, it's huge to have a really supportive group surrounding you, but your doctors are the ones that really have to be spot on. And, and I have a new oncologist, Dr. Mathern, and um, he's wonderful. And, and, you know, I'm very blessed with, um, they all still are working together, you know, and that's huge. You have to have a team that works together. So I'm, I'm very blessed. I feel. I'm glad to hear that. And, and you're right. You, you would want your doctor to help lead the charge, so to speak, and, and be yeah. someone that you're comfortable with and who genuinely and sincerely, um, is, is involved in the ways that is needed and, and, is, and is looking to find a solution. So I'm so pleased to hear that, Robin. And, and as far as those prayers, you can count me on the list from here on out. I'm going to be sending a whole bunch you. your way, just so you know. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, Robin, I'm just wondering... You know, when you first get the uh, such a diagnosis, you know, I'm I'm sure it might cause your head to start swimming immediately and and and, and all oh, yeah. sorts of emotions, but I'm wondering if one of those emotions is just the sudden realization of just how amazing life is in general, just daily living. You know, to be honest, I went back and forth. I went through you know, I'm furious. How could this happen to, to, oh my gosh, I've been so blessed with everything going on and, and how lucky I am that I made it to the hospital. You know, I made it to get diagnosed. It's huge to be diagnosed, but it's huge to be checked out and keep up with it. There's a vaccine now called HPV vaccine. Um, you know, there are so many factors that I could have helped prevent what I'm going through that I didn't do. And, um, you know, you, the realization of your life, you go back, like, you know, we were talking about the eighties and my yes. wedding and, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, all those, all those memories come back and they're all good. And even the bad ones. You realize, okay, well, I screwed up, but I learned from it. And that's, that's life, you know, it there, it's not always going to be peaches and cream, you know, it's, no, it's, no. it's what you make it. And so, you know, I've always been a, an optimistic type of person, as you can tell, probably. Oh, so I, absolutely. I just like, I, I'm just like, nope, nope. Cancer's not taking me. Sorry, it's not happening. Well, you have no, a wonderful not spirit. And, and I'm <laughs> glad that, I'm glad you're going to be fighting like that. And um but I'm glad you shared that. That look, you were going back and forth, you know. 
anger, but then yeah. feeling gratitude and then back and forth. So um, now does that kind of settle down over time or do you still have some moments where you're like, you know, darn it anyway? Well, you know, I, I don't have the anger I, I, because you know what, what does that do? That doesn't right. help. That, that's true. You know, that's true. It, I mean, what it, <laughs> I can't change it, you know, so it's, it's like you're dealt these cards. Let's make, you know, let's make a, a royal flush out of it, you know? <laughs> let's do something yeah. good, you know? So it's, I, I think it's so easy to, you know, go back to that anger and I refuse. But I, I you know, I have moments where I break down and cry and then I start feeling sad for myself. And it's like, you know, and it's 10 times worse because I'm an actress. So <laughs> yes, my poor husband, my <laughs> husband and my, my poor little dog, Ralphie, which I'm sure many of the listeners know Ralphie. Ralphie has been a wonderful oh. nurse. <laughs> and Mark, my husband, um, they, yes. they, you know, give me the strength to just, you know, because even though you have the support of your family and your friends and stuff, mm-hmm. they aren't physically in front of you to see what you're going through and to see, you know, there are days that you can't get up. There are days that you, you, um, can barely speak. You have pain, you have, you know, but not only do you have physical pain, you have emotional pain. And I think one of the things that has helped so much is Mark has, you know, been like, no, why don't you come out here on the couch and let's watch TV and, you know, <laughs> gets me moving because if you just lay, you can't just lay in your own pity and, and mm. sure you can be, you know, you're going to have those moments. It's good to cry. It's good to have those things, but you know what? Use that energy to, you know, sit down somewhere else other than laying in bed, you know, do something. Mm-hmm. I, I try to go out and, you know, I have a rocking chair on my little porch here and I, I'll try and go and just sit out on the rocking chair and take Ralphie outside with me. Oh, you know, well, I can't nice. really walk a ton, but I'm getting better each week. I try to add a few more steps in and, you know, I don't have the okay necessarily to like go full force you know and work out and do all this stuff but i'm i'm determined that i'm gonna get there (laughs) well i wish there wasn't so many miles between us robin because i'd be glad to come over now and then and and try to brighten up your day and spend a little time with you oh well i appreciate that and you know it's you know, thank the Lord for the social media. I can keep in touch with people and everyone's been really just uplifting. And I think that's a huge thing for people is, and that's not just with people who have cancer or, you know, there are people that go through depression. There are people that Mm -hmm. go through diabetes. There's, you know, so many factors in our lives and that can affect our daily process. And I think, you know, just taking a moment to, to just 
have fun a little bit, live a little bit, you know? Yes. And that doesn't mean go out and get drunk and act like a <laughs> fool. It means, you know, <laughs> yeah. it means go and, you know, do something, do something out of the norm, you know? And for me, out of the norm is, you know, getting up and walking the dog. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, and I taking just, a little you know, extra effort to do that. You've made a decision like I could stay in bed, but you know what? I'm not. Right. And I, another thing is I'm like hooked on these darn cooking shows and the HGTV <laughs> and, you know, the COVID thing didn't help because, mm. you know, we all were quarantined. So it was like, okay, you know, uh, yes. well, what am I going to do? You know, give me a sledgehammer so I can tear down a wall. And <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, Robin, you brought up something that it's very interesting. I have the same approach. And that is, you know, with everything that has gone on with COVID and being such a downer, of course, understandably so. But you know what? I just feel like people need to start having like fun again. And even if it's simple fun, like you mentioned just taking a walk or sitting on the porch and, you know, uh, I, the, the same for me. Uh, I'm taking a walk on a beautiful spring day with my dog, Sophie. And I just have to tell you what, I'm, I'm trying to have fun. I'm trying to find activities that I enjoy. And I just think that's a wonderful perspective. Yeah, I, I mean, you, we're, we're all in the same boat. It doesn't matter mm. if you have a disease or anything. We're all in the same boat right now. And you know, I, I was lucky and got the vaccine and, you know, and, but what do we know? You know, we don't know what tomorrow brings. Each day has been either, you know, something happening with rioting or we we all need to be quarantined again. Restaurants are shut down. You know, it's kind of like you, you have to go day by day and, that's kind of like what I'm dealing with. Even if COVID wasn't around, it's like, I have to go day by day. I have to just try and find something every day to smile about. And I always was told if you find something before you shut your eyes at night, that makes you smile or laugh or was a good thing about that day, you're not going to have wrinkles. <laughs> I'm all for that. But that didn't, that didn't work <laughs> out too well. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a thought that counts, I suppose, in that scenario. Um, and you know, Robin, um, you have a, a new hairstyle, don't you, because of all of this? Oh, it's very similar goodness. to mine. Oh, you know, it's so... <laughs> 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 I... And I'm not making light of anything. I hope folks know that. I just, um, you know, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, just have a little bit of fun with such a difficult situation. Oh, please. Yeah. No, it's my hair. You know, I had this pretty blonde, you know, hair and it started coming out in clumps. Mm. And I mean, big clumps. And I called my husband at work. He was at work one day and I said, I need you to shave my head. And he's like, no, no, no. Well, he came home. It was, you know, it was getting matted. Like when I wash it, it would get matted. And um, 
So he shaved it. And I mean, that was the big thing was when it was shaved, when he, he was shaving my head, I just started bawling and, um, still cheering up, <laughs> but, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> but, you're fine. <laughs> but it, you know what? It's coming back. <laughs> but the, here's a funny story. When I was little, um, I didn't really get hair till I was almost two. So they kind of, they called me the bald eagle and (laughs) there are pictures, there are pictures of me with this brown hair, like reddish brown hair. And there was like a tuft in the front. And then there was like just little hints of color. That's what my hair is now. It is the funniest looking thing right now. I have like dark at the front. I look like Squiggy a little bit. <laughs> like I have dark. <laughs> Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. That's that's my hairstyle, oh, except wow. he had a lot more hair. But <laughs> it's it's funny, you know. But I have tons of wigs, so I'm okay. okay. You know. So, I mean, do you f- feel comfortable wearing a wig? I mean, I did. You know, I I was kind of having fun with it, and then I was like, "There's nothing to anchor it to." Like I, you can't clip it in. So, and I, I can't really use latex, you know, like the wig stuff on me. So, and I'm not allergic to latex. It's just because of my treatments and everything, there could be a reaction. So I have to wear a baseball hat or something with it. Mm. And um, every now and then I'll do it, but it got to a point. It's like, no, you know what? I need to be comfortable. Number one. Um, And I just feel this is me, you know, and this is my reality. And, you know, there are days where I'm going to put on makeup and have a wig on and get dressed up or something. And then there are days when I'm going to be just in my sweats and my slippers or flip flops and, you know, take it as it is. Just, just be you. Um, I mean, absolutely. Just be you. And yeah, well, I, I know that had to be difficult to lose a nice set of hair, oh, it was... but Robin, you well, are still thing... a beautiful lady today. <laughs> I've seen lots of photos well, of you. Thank today. you. Thank you so much. And I, I think that's another thing a person goes through is you have to have that realization. Like, you know what? You're more than hair. So, yes. you know, my husband kept telling me, he's like, you're beautiful. He's like, you don't need hair. And I'm like, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. I do. But I'll tell you, I'm saving tons of money on hair products. There you go. <laughs> that makes both of us. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause I'm a gimmick like person. Like if I, I, I've been staying away from the infomercials <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I'm one of those. It's like, oh my gosh, but they say it's going to work. You know, so <laughs> anything to do with hair, like, you know, yeah, this hair yeah. straightener or something like that. Yeah. So, well, Robin, when, but, um, yeah. you know, back in the day, back in the 80s, 
I used to even blow dry my hair. And yeah. then <laughs> when Emilia Estevez became very popular, as you know, and in a whole bunch of uh, movies that teenagers or young adults in particular yes. identified with, I remember I used to go into the barbershop and I, I still remember this to this day. And I said to the lady, I'd like the wet look. She's like, the wet look? I was like, yeah, you know, the Emilia Estevez spiked hair look with the gel. <laughs> and I had that for a while. It was all very nice. It wasn't like punk rock, but it was just all, you know, that that, right. you know that look back then? People used to, guys used to wear yes. that occasionally. And, um, but I tell you what, over the years, I've lost my hair. And you know what? It bothered me for a while, Robin. And then finally I said, you know what? This is just who I am now. And you know what? Uh, I found out that uh, it's not really so appalling after all. Right. Well, that's, you know, that's exactly what it is. It's, you know, you know, what what are you going to do about it? I mean, there are things you can do about it, but honestly, it's like, it's hair, you know? And these days, we can change our look anytime we want, but you know, I, I do have some very pretty wigs and, okay, you know, I, can mix my it hair's up a little growing. Bit. Yeah. My hair's growing and it's looking kind of really weird. And, um, so I probably will be trying to do some wigs <laughs> <laughs> when I go out in public. But, um, you know, I tend to put on, I'm, I'm a huge sports fan and I tend to put on my oh, Chicago White Sox hats and, uh, White Sox. Wow. And yes, I know. And the funny thing is, um, we, we moved to Arizona from Illinois and, um, the first baseball game I saw was the Indians playing the White Sox and, I wasn't even a White Sox fan, but I wanted to see it because of Lindor, a player who's now a Met, but <laughs> which is my husband's team, dog okay. on it. But um but I kind of really like the game. I like Tim Anderson and, and Mankata and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um when I got diagnosed, you know, it was in the heart of the COVID stuff. I was diagnosed August 4th and the only thing there was to watch was baseball. You know, Mm. honestly, I mean, we were getting ready for football and stuff. And for me, I I watched, uh, I watched all, all the White Sox games. Well, that's great. They kind of came back in August, I think. Well, I became a diehard White Sox fan. Wow. And in fact, I'm on the group on Facebook, the Chicago <laughs> White Sox diehard fans. That's awesome. Um, but like, uh, yeah, it, it's funny. And, and, you know, here we come out to Arizona and the other night, you know, I'm, I'm at Walgreens and there's a kid with a White Sox mask <laughs> on. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, this is a, we have a really good team. And he's like, yeah, we do. I'm like, yeah, our bullpen though is not that great right now, but we are really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that kind of talk. I love it. I, well, I'm a huge Cincinnati Reds fan. Probably not a big shock to you considering where I'm from. And they are yes. off to some, I mean, a, a amazing start. 
Um, they got a little mm-hmm. roughed up there against those Diamondbacks. Um, they were just like a pain in their sides. That's like the darn Diamondbacks. But they've got a little bit back on track yes. in San Fran. And if they win today, they'll have a 500 road trip and still be sitting pretty. But I, I'm very excited to have baseball back. And I'm sure that brings a lot I'm of comfort excited, to I'm excited, yeah. And and I'm excited also because, like, with my hair, I, I just put on my, my white yeah. sock hat and <laughs> go out. And no one says a word except the only thing I usually get is the socks. <laughs> 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 and so he's like, yeah. But you, your reds are good. Like, they, well, they've... I'll tell you what, they have, okay, if you see any games, I, I mean, they just have this, like, swag that's just like, um, I don't know. It's, it's just very interesting. Year. Yeah, they're, they're different than last year. Yeah, I think they took that playoff experience last year, which, by the way, was an amazing comeback. They were really on the borderline of kind of, you know, I don't think we can ever catch up to being over 500. And then, boom, they, they clawed their way in. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? We're not done here. We've got we, we've got to go all the right. way this time, go much farther. So um, I'm, re- I'm really excited to have them back. And, and I wish good luck to your White Sox. Well, thank you. I mean, we're having a rough start. I thought for sure we were going to sweep everything, but we're having a little bit of a, a problem. <laughs> but uh, I, I just need to let them know, like, come on, I have cancer. You guys have to win. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah I need some, uh, I need some uh, comfort here. I need something to pick me up. So come on. Guys. Yeah. Like, Let's... come on. Come on, guys. Pull it together. Please, well, Robert, please hit a home run. Th- there you go. Do something. <laughs> you know, isn't that the interesting thing about baseball is, you know, the Reds got off to this hot start, but then they go to Arizona and they won the first game, but then the next two, you know, things didn't go their way and you get kind of down in the dumps. But then guess what? The first game in San Francisco, they win. I mean, it's really a yeah. sport about bouncing back If and, and yes. you, you can't just throw in the towel. Right. Right. And that's the same kind of thing with me. It's like, I could have easily just said, okay, I'm dying. That's it. You know, and no, I, I won't throw in the towel. Well, I've Robin, got so much more to do. <laughs> you sure do. Let me tell you, uh, you have so much more to do. And, um, you know, I'm thinking of what you just said there. And that is, you know, I think the body responds so much to what the mind has to say. So if, if, if you're sending a message to your body, like, look, we're not giving up here. We're going to fight. I think the body picks up on that. Yes, I do too. I honestly do. And, you know, I had doctors who told me, you know what? Your positivity is going to get you through. It's going to, it's going to take you places. It's going to get you far. And and it sure has, you know, so uh, the two P's positivity and prayer. (laughs) Well, Robin, 10 years from now, you need to come back when I'm about to turn 60. So you can provide me some comfort at that time. (laughs) 
<laughs> I will. I definitely will. We'll do an 80s show. Oh, let me tell you, anytime. <laughs> if you would like to come and just to, to discuss the decade and memories, yes. um, I, I have to tell to you, that. that's one thing I like to do as host is to offer those type of uh, episodes as well. And I would love that. Now you've, you've inspired me. I would love to do that. We have to do that. I'm full of 80s stories, Robin. Let me tell you. Anywhere from (laughs) hiding in the trunk when going to a drive-in so you don't have to pay all the extra admission fee. Yes. To riding my bicycle all over my neighborhood. Oh, my goodness. All over the place. Yes. Yes. What a different time. It was a fun, fun time to be around. (laughs) Well, I look forward to having you back to, to, to share your 80s memories. Oh, that, that sounds, well, excuse the pun, but that sounds awesome, uh, you know. Yes, it's definitely <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we said that a lot back then, didn't we? Uh, yes, we did. <laughs> and you know, Robin, speaking of hair, you know, there was all kinds of hairstyles back then, wasn't there? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It was. Oh, Lordy. Oh, Robin. <laughs> I've got one more say to, thing to say about this, and that is this, because, you know, my son is now 20, and um, I remember one day uh, uh, we were talking about this actress, and I said, oh, yeah, back in the 80s, I mean, I thought she was a fox. And he's like, a fox? <laughs> I was like, yes, a fox. He's like, what do you mean, Dad, a fox? I'm like, you're not familiar with the term of fox? He's like, Dad, nobody says fox at school about any of the girls. I said, well, trust me. <laughs> Back then, if we found a girl extra attractive or really good looking, we would say, wow, she's a fox. He's like, okay, Dad, but we don't say that anymore. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, that's like my husband, and he, he's going to kill me for this. Oh. But I think he said that, he had posters of Alyssa Milano, and I know Alyssa. So oh wow! He had yes, posters of yes. Alyssa Milano, but but the other one was Samantha Fox. I remember Samantha Fox. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I was cracking. I'm like, "Are you serious, Samantha Fox?" And he goes, "Yep." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, let's not discuss this anymore." <laughs> <laughs> She just kind of bursted on the scene there with that that big hit, uh, "Touch Me," and um, yeah, she like burst on there, and yeah, it's just left. like all of a sudden, and boom. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, so very funny. <laughs> it it is very funny, and 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 another quick memory is after I saw the Karate Kid for the first time in the theater, right in the actual theater, and that beach scene. With Elizabeth Shue, the first time they show her, and Daniel's kind of looking oh, at Elizabeth her. Oh, Elizabeth Shue. I remember I went home and told my friends instantly. I said, I have to tell you guys, I just saw the most awesome movie. It's so good. But I also happened to see the prettiest girl in the world. And they're like, who is she? I oh. said, her name's Elizabeth Shue. Trust me, go see it. And I still, I still remember that, so... You know what? She is such a nice person, but a funny story of this goes into the soap. Yes. Um, I think it was teen magazine set up a date like 
for me, like where they would follow me around and take pictures. I think it was like oh, Teen Beat or okay. Teen Mag. It was one of the magazines. I'm not positive, but um, it was me and Andrew Shue. Oh, okay. Um, and Andrew Shue was Elizabeth Shue's little brother, and he was on Melrose Place. Yes, I and remember him well. We ended up. Yeah, we ended up. Um, I like that show. Yeah, so we ended up on this date, and then um, we hung out a few times. But it, wow. it was just really, really funny because that you know, Elizabeth knew my manager and was oh. actually she was with she was with my manager, and Andrew oh. was too. And um, it was interesting because I just thought, oh my gosh. Elizabeth Shue, how wonderful. <laughs> and she did do that many shows that I remember. I think she was in Back to the Future. She played the girlfriend in yes. one of the Back to the Futures. Yes. And she was in like Karate Kid. And I think it was The Adventures of Babysitting? Uh, the Adventures <laughs> of Babysitting. But like, but it wasn't like it was, you know, like Brad Pitt who was right. well right. later in life, but I mean like Back to back to back to back movies. Right. So talented. Yes. So talented. Yes. And then uh, she would appear on CSI, the original. And I thought she was great. Oh, yeah. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, the last few seasons. She's really talented. Yeah, Uh, she sure is. More than, than what people are aware of. She's very talented. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And, uh... Wow, we got to do this 80s uh, episode. Yeah, right. we have. To. <laughs> I mean, we could do 80s, we could do sports, we could go over wigs. Yes, I mean. <laughs> and we can tweet the episode once it's available. We could tweet the episode to uh, Sirius XM and the 80s on 8 and all the VJ hosts. There you go. <laughs> yes. It's wow. a plan. It's a complete plan. All right. I am, I can't wait to tell a few people about that. I think that is just so cool. <laughs> Well, Robin, I wanted to ask you, you were mentioning about technology and how, you know, that's good for you because you can, you have access to people and they let you know that they're, they're pulling for you, praying for you. Now, I'm just wondering though, uh, as far as people you've worked with over the years, whether it be on, you know, a a soap opera or, or some of those horror films that you appeared in, uh, are you hearing from a lot of people that, that you've worked with over the years? Yes. Yes. I, I do hear from people, um, quite a bit actually. Um, that's good. And it's interesting. Um, several people from the horror films, um, you know, for years that I was on another world, um, Diego was my love interest, Diego Serrano. He played Tomas. And, um, we talk like I I should say we talk, uh, it's online, (laughs) but, um, he's, you know, and he's even donated and stuff. Um, but he, he's like, I'm just, I'm sending you a hug or, you know, hang in there, you know, very supportive. Tanya Walker, who played my aunt on One Life to Live. Very talented Alex. lady. And, um, oh, I love Tanya. And, and so beautiful. And um, Tanya is another one who has just been there and been very oh, supportive and, and posted and sent me a message. And, you know. Um, yeah. They, and, and Christine Tucci. You yes, know, um, yes. I just, Christine 
was always just such a sweet, sweet person. She she played my aunt also. She played she your played aunt. aunt okay. Amanda. She was my aunt Amanda on um on Another World. Another and, uh, World. Christine, from the minute we met, we just were friends. I mean, we we hit it off. I I almost felt like she was like a sister or something, and I love her dearly. And you know, there there's so many people who who also I didn't work with that, you know, are on my Facebook page now. And, and it's, it's really interesting, you know, people just showing their support, um, you know, who maybe knew me in passing or we did charity work together or something have been just wonderful. And it's, it's horrible to say, but it, it you know, to have, something so bad go on but yet it it takes that sometimes to bring people together and it you know I'm one of those people I do not care your race I don't care who you like politically I don't care you know what your religion is I I just take you as you are and um I think that's huge and I think everyone should be that way but sometimes it takes a bad disease or a friend having you know going through something bad to bring people together but you know i'm blessed everyone everyone's just been very supportive that really warms my heart to hear that and and we have another thing in common that's how i I like to approach people it's just who they are as a person and and not all the other layers, you know that that's what st- stands out to me. And um, like you, I just feel like I just feel I feel really good talking with you, Robin. Even though it's oh, well, a difficult subject matter, you have a wonderful laugh and a just interesting personality, and um, I just feel blessed actually speaking with you today. Oh, well, thank you so much. And you know what? Like today you lifted my spirits, you know, like I woke up kind of not feeling great because I just had treatment recently and everything, but you just kind of took me out of that. So I I thank you. (laughs) Well, that now that really warms my heart. I'm glad to hear that. And I'm glad, and I'm glad that you uh, put up with my bad jokes. So that's a good sign right there. (laughs) You even laugh at it. Well, you know, (laughs) that's because I'm usually the one with the bad jokes. (laughs) It's nice someone else took that, that uh, title from me. (laughs) Yes, you are welcome. I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, I'm glad to hear if people are reaching out to you and I'm just wondering, how did your journey into acting even begin for you? Like, like how did this all start for you? Well, you know, I'm the youngest of five and, uh, my, my poor siblings had to deal with me and I always was singing and dancing and, you know, had to be center of attention. And, um, they started taking me to, uh, dance classes I also took singing classes and um, it turned out that the teachers thought I had talent and (laughs) (laughs) it kind of spiraled. (laughs) It went went crazy from there. Um, I ended up 
doing plays. My brother-in-law actually directed me in a play. <laughs> and, oh, wow. Um, yeah, that was my very first play. And, um, and it was an Ibsen play. And I only was three. And, um, and I loved being on the stage. And uh, it just continued, you know, every time. I wasn't afraid to go to an audition and to get up on stage. I just was gutsy. And, um, and I, you know, I liked doing that and I liked playing softball and that was my thing. Softball. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So, That's awesome. So basically, basically I, I ended up, you know, starting out on stage and, uh, always was considered mainly a singer. Um, you know, I trained for Annie for years and, uh, I played Annie all over the place. <laughs> From the time I was eight till I think the last time I was thirteen. And, wow, um, that is several years. It's had different yeah, versions of Annie, <laughs> different age. Yeah. Wow. Yes, I was Annie for a while, uh, and you know I did a lot of commercials. You know, part of the Mudville gang for White Westinghouse. I did okay. Coca Cola. I also sang the Archway Cookie Jingle. I mean, j- just tons of stuff. And, um, then I ended up on Nickelodeon and I was on a show called rated K and I also did MTV. I did lips, uh, lip service on MTV and I just, (laughs) you know, I continued and eventually I ended up on one life to live. And that originally was supposed to be just a recurring role. Uh But, um, the fans liked me <laughs> and they wanted me, you know, when I left the show, they wanted me back. They were picketing and oh, stuff. Wow. Are you so serious? I, that's a, that's yeah, incredible. So I ended up, <laughs> I ended up back on the show and as a contract. And then, um, then I kind of quit. I moved out to LA and then the first audition I agreed to was another world. And after, you know, um, screen test and everything, I ended up booking that. So I ended up right back in New York (laughs) (laughs) and just continued, you know, and that's what I, I tell everybody when they're like, what advice would you give? And it's like, get as much on your resume as possible. And that means, you know, not only lead characters, you know, you don't always have to be a lead character. There are people who make millions not being a lead character, mm-hmm. you know? That's true. So That's it, true. It's any, it's any experience you can get. And I highly recommend stage for the discipline, you know? Um, and also yes. maybe you think you want to do that, but you find out that you're more interested in set design or mm-hmm. makeup or, you know, directing or, you know, you can do something. There's so many opportunities outside of just acting. So I, I tell people, you know, try a bunch of different things, find out what you enjoy and continue it, you I, know, pursue I like it. That. Absolutely. Do, do all you can. And, 
well, goodness, we we just think alike in a lot of ways. <laughs> because I have to tell you, with my story, you know, I was away from artistic projects for years to care for my grandmother who raised me. But my point is, when I finally returned, you know what? I wasn't just thinking about getting a speaking part or the lead. I was like, I just want to start working again and I can work my way back up. So a couple years ago when they filmed Dark Waters here in Cincinnati, Robin, I got an opportunity to be a part of a background scenes as a Taft attorney. And guess what happened? Because of those efforts, I'm in several shots. And if this is almost better... One day when they were promoting the film, there was a print promo of Anne Hathaway and Mark Ruffalo. And guess who's standing right behind Anne? <laughs> oh, nice. Yep. Hey. There you go. Know? And I'm like, you know, so you know what? You're right. It's, it's, it's you work, work your way up and, and just, uh, just keep at it. And like you said, you may discover you like doing something else. Yes. Yeah. And there's so much that can come from, just giving giving yourself a chance and giving it a try and you know go out on those auditions go to those auditions you're not going to get them all you're not but what you are going to get is you're going to take something from each one and whether it's good or bad you're going to learn from it and that's the huge thing well robin you know if i were to ask you about auditions for your two soap roles is there anything that's standing out on your mind? Um, well, I mean, there's, there's several things, you know, when I, just the whole weird experience I went through, um, my mother drove me into New York cause I'm from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And she drove me into New York for the audition. Then they wanted to see me again for the callback and meet the producer and then when we were driving back, I ended up getting back home to a voicemail that said, bring Robin right back in. They want to screen test her tonight. So <laughs> get out of the car. And my dad then, um, after he was finished with work, just drove me back in and I screen tested. And then three days later, you know, over the weekend and waited and found out that Monday that I got the role. And, um, wow. So that sticks out. Um, the other lots of dialogue, right? I bet you were like, Whoa. Yes. A lot of dialogue. And I didn't screen test with anybody. I think I screen tested with someone just, just reading lines to me. Very interesting. Um, Yeah. Because I think everyone left by that time. Um, The other thing was um, Another World. You know, I wasn't sure I wanted to go back into acting so quickly. Um, And went in on the audition, and I'll never forget, Julian McMahon was the other person (laughs) in my audition. Like, we... We actually met in the in the waiting area. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. um, and we were the only two there, and I thought that was kind of odd. But uh, so, me- meaning we were the only two actors there. Usually you walk in and there's yeah, a whole bunch is, of people waiting. That is unusual. But it was almost like they had us kind of mm-hmm. picked out to audition that time. <laughs> so, um, so I went in on that, and 
wasn't really sure I wanted to even do it. So I really didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't put a lot of thought into it, Mm -hmm. you know? And then I, uh, they called my manager and said that they would, um, like me to do the next process, which was singing. And I had to meet with someone and sing. And that's what really kind of sparked my interest because I mainly sing. So I went and did that. You must have quite the voice. (laughs) I don't know. People seem to like it. (laughs) Well, if you want to sing um, some Annie later, you're welcome to. Just so oh, you know. of course, Annie, all the time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, so then I was asked to screen test, and I never got on the plane to go to New York to screen test. Hmm. I just still wasn't sure. So they came to me, <laughs> <laughs> and they met with me, um, and I then went to New York and officially screen tested again. Went back to L.A. and met with people again and um, ended up with the role and got to sing and had a great time and wonderful actors and the rest is history. (laughs) It sure is. And um, let me ask you, as far as like being recognized for your work on a soap, right? Um, Was that something that was common for you during those years? If you were out in public at a store, people would recognize yeah. you. Yeah. I, uh, and it's funny. Uh, and it was either they would recognize me for One Life to Live or Another World. <laughs> um, it depended on what network you watched. You either watched yes, ABC, yes. CBS, or NBC. And I was on two of those. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it was interesting. And, you know, um, every now and then someone will recognize me um it's funny you know people don't forget which is so nice (laughs) it just reminds me that you know i did something good so (laughs) (laughs) you sure did you sure did well uh no doubt you worked with so many amazing and wonderful folks uh the the actors on daytime television to this day they're just so talented and you know that to be true oh yes and I mean, yeah. isn't it true? I mean, you really have to be a focused actor to work on a on a soap opera, or you good really at balancing do, uh, your life. Because you could, I mean, you, you cannot get to. behind on lines, can you? I mean, it would just be way no. too overwhelming. No, no, you. It, it's it's you're doing a different script each day. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't. You know, the one thing with me was I liked getting. You know my lines down about 10 minutes before I went on so that it was fresh and real. Um, I didn't like it to be so staged, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was one thing with me, but I have a memory. So that, that came easy for me. Um, and that comes back to the stage. Yes. um, Yes. Training I had, you know, we, you, you have to perform live, so you can't screw up your lines. So, yeah, it it was, you know, people don't realize you have to, you have to have a lot of discipline and patience. You have to be able to wait, you know, until it's your turn to get on camera, you know? So it's (laughs) a lot of it goes into that, you know? Absolutely. 
absolutely. And and viewers are very loyal and they, they they cherish their characters. And even if even if your character's long gone, they they still, you know, remember the character or your performance, let's say Robin, so well. And uh, th- that that is wonderful. Very loyal fans. Yes, the fans are are what makes it even better. And it's just not only are you doing something you have a passion for, but then people appreciating it, it just is wonderful. Well, how did you go from daytime television, Robin, to being in a lot of horror movies? <laughs> you know, I I just thought, you know, I've done pretty much everything I wanted to do. I did modeling, I did singing, I did acting, <laughs> you know, um, and I love horror movies. So. I do too. <laughs> so Big I surprise, to, we both I, like I, something I, the same. Yeah, so <laughs> just like, I, I was like, I really want to just do some of those. And I, I didn't want to do like mainstream I wanted to do like the movies where they're using corn syrup and you know <laughs> <laughs> to make blood and Sounds you know fun. stuff like that. And it, you know what? And I loved it. And I I cherished those. There was a lot of fun. Well, you know, Robin, uh, forgive me, please, for another '80s reference, but I still remember riding my bicycle to the video store, Blockbuster or Hollywood Video, and walking into the horror section and going, whoa, look how many Friday the 13th is on that yes. row. Which one do I want to watch for the fourth or fifth time today? <laughs> yes, the all the Friday the 13th and Halloween. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but it, it, it's funny, you know, uh, that's, those are my favorite horror movies. Those in like the 70s one. Yeah, because yeah. They were original scripts. They weren't, mm-hmm. you know, rebooted, as they say. <laughs> and you know, Robert, no. I don't know if you've ever seen Psycho 2, the sequel to Psycho. Yes. Oh, I've. you know what? Anthony Perkins. Oh. <laughs> I, mean, I love him. <laughs> wow, I and do too. I, I, I watched Psycho, the, the original, and I just, I don't know what it was, but I just, thought he was the best thing since sliced bread. I mean, he, fascinating, he isn't and his he? acting. Oh, fascinating. I mean, Norman and, Bates um, was so tormented and that was oh, sequel amazing role. All of those, those years, as you know, Robin, uh, and then that music, they had that haunting, sad music in it at times. Uh, oh yeah i'll share something interesting with you so if you ever see it again i i know you'll know it's like they play it a lot um there's a scene where meg tilly takes him into his mother's room and they play the music if you're trying to know what i'm referring to and and she goes is this where some of your bad memories are from and he's like some of them and um but what's interesting is i read that anthony perkins told uh, someone, I think it was the person actually working on the music or someone in production for Psycho 2. The first time he heard that music, he said, that's what I feel on the inside when I play Norman. That's awesome. Yeah, and See, I wanted to share that with you. Uh, well, he, I mean, I, I'll tell you what, I, and I, 
I and you're such a good listener, a Robin. Nomination. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if he got a nomination or anything, but his performance, if that performance was happening today, if they were doing that movie today, he would have won an Academy Award. Absolutely. If he did not then. Absolutely. Now, Robin, do they, you they think don't about? Make that. <laughs> yeah, they 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 don't make. I mean, it's hard to come up with a story like that. And um, but you know, yes. um, I always feel that someone will because the the, the potential's there for the right person yes. to to use their imagination. And we need more of that. We need people thinking outside the box and not just formula. Yes, you know. Um, and uh, but do you think about acting a lot? I mean, with your health battle, I mean, is 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 it something oh, where you I go? Would... I want to do this again one day. Yeah, I really do. Okay. I, I want to. I definitely want to do it. I have so much left, and uh, I still sing. I still love acting, you know. And I, I just, I think I'm ready to go right back into it. Well, I'm going to be cheering you on, just so you know. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Robin, now you mentioned about all of these expenses that you're having to sort out and deal with. I'm sure it's very stressful even just thinking about it. I get stressed just thinking about what that must be like for you. And But you mentioned people are helping and contributing. Is there anything that you would like to share if someone's listening and they too would like to help you out with these medical expenses? Well, I, you know, I have constant fundraisers going on, whether it be, you know, GoFundMe, they have a page. Um, There's a GoFundMe page. Um, Facebook has fundraisers going on. There's also, you know, people are, hosting parties for me, like Pampered Chef, or there's Sipology, which is um, my niece did. Stephanie um, hosted a party for me. Um, There's all sorts of stuff. There's Tupperware. You know, everyone's trying to contribute. And there's a way to contribute in your own way. And, you know, like, not everyone can afford to do these things, you know. So that's why I'm so thankful for prayers, you know. Yes. (laughs) Because... Utmost that is, you know, that's a big, that's the biggest help that I can get, you know, and the financial stuff is, is wonderful. And it does help me a lot, but those prayers, you know, they, they answer many things. So they sure um, do. any, but I, I'm of course thankful for anything that anyone can do. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, I just, uh, like I said, I'm going to be sending prayers your way. And if there's ever anything I can do for you or help get the word out about anything, you know, I want you to know I'm here and all you have to do is let me know. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, um, just keep me informed so we can do our eighties. <laughs> well, I am going to talk to you about that <laughs> off the air. Because I just think it would be so much fun just to talk about the 80s. Um, yes. So uh, stay with me um, after I say goodbye to you here. But I have to okay. say that I just so enjoyed speaking with you. I know, of course, 
heavy topics are a part of it, our conversation, but I've learned so much today about you and, and about myself. And, um, you know, I just want to say thank you for being so generous and sharing your story. And you can certainly come back and do a part two of, of, of our discussion today. We can talk more about your your acting projects from the past or what you hope for in the future and more of your health situation. So keep that in mind. But I just have to say, what a pleasure to meet you today. Oh, well, thank you so much. And, and thank you for having me. And, and it's been so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> it sure has. Hollywood and Beyond podcast is produced, edited, and hosted by Stephen Brittingham. See you on another episode of Hollywood and Beyond. Thanks for listening. <laughs>